Hey everybody, welcome to Bite Me Podcast, episode 269, which I believe nice. is twice as nice? Is that is that twice right? Twice as nice. Twice as nice. I am a child. Anyway, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that anymore. We're going to talk about video games, and specifically, we're going to talk, first of all, about which video games we've been playing. Uh, wait, Colby, you played Nobody Saves the World Without Me? I'm like, hey man, you want to play some Nobody Saves the World co-op? You're like, yeah, 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 and then you started playing it? No, I had been playing it for like... I don't know, four or five days before that. God, you suck. I'm like anyway. 16 hours into that game, Cliff. And I was probably like 10 when you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, fine. Uh, anyways, we're going to be talking about that, I guess. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, we're going to talk about some news. A lot of Activision Blizzard news. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it... I don't. I don't know. Uh, Activision Blizzard might have caused the first AAA game studio union, which is both good and bad. Um, Bobby Kotick is still a jerk, which is bad. Overwatch 2 producers come down hard on Bobby Kotick, which is hilarious. There's a super good quote in that that I cannot wait to read you. Uh, Mikey Barra talks about Blizzard and accountability. I think that's an important uh, thing to talk about because I'm pretty sure he's going to be president of Activision Blizzard after uh, the Microsoft takeover. Uh, Phil Spencer is excited about some old video games which I am happy about. I'm just going to say Bobby Kotick had a terrible idea, like maybe one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. And that guy has, well, I'm not going to say it's his worst idea. He did, he did like, I mean, he, he threatened his assistant with murder um, and he may have covered up a suicide. Oops. Amongst us. Yeah. But anyway, this is a pretty bad idea in the realm of video games. If you, if you, if you remove harassment and misogyny and all that stuff from things Bobby Kotick have done, this is his worst idea. Uh, the Steam Deck is getting a cool version of CloudSync that might be good for gamers with two PCs, even if you're not getting a Steam Deck. And even game devs hate crypto, which is... Good. I think that's an overall win. We got questions from Vinny, our Deacon Prime fan. A couple of cheap free games. Hey, Colt, would you mind going and see if the Xbox games with gold have been released yet? I don't I don't think they have, but if you could check that, that'd be great. And we got a Troll Corner. We haven't had a Troll Corner in a while. I try, like, for a while we had a Troll Corner every week, and I'm like, is this, yeah. po is this podcast just getting, like, negative? Or is it just Sony being stupid every week? And so I, like, tried to cut back on it, but man, man, oh, man. Won't somebody think of the scalpers? Like, have you, have you... Have you it's thought about all the, all the good that scalpers bring to this planet? I bet you you haven't, but you'll be happy that some people are. Anyway, let's talk about what we've been playing. Dylan, throwback to 2014? Oh, yes. Yeah. That game still looks terrific. It, I was actually just thinking about that, too, when I was playing The Witcher 3. Um, I was like, this looks pretty good for a game that is pretty old. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah almost a third as old as i am like <laughs> <laughs> um but i i feel like i'm kind of far in the game however it definitely there's just so much like there's so many quests and things to do oh um, so long i i think it's strange because uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> um, I, I don't think you have to worry I, about that. That was that was mostly a joke, but uh, we all know <laughs> that Geralt is trying to find Siri, and uh, what? you you spend like a lot of time doing this, and very little revelation has even happened at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. You just like go to three different places, and she's like, "She's not here. Maybe she's in the place you were at the beginning," um, which is kind of 
I guess kind of terrible actually from a um a general story like go three yeah, places yeah. and then she was always where you started that just kind Your of annoying princess is about in it. another castle um but you spend a lot of time playing and like I still don't really like you're not really any closer to the goal um of course there's a lot of great like side questy stuff happening but that as for a main main arc like there hasn't been a lot of like revelation um yet but of course it's hard to really say if i had just done all the main quests like how i probably would be a lot farther along in that yeah. so it's it's kind of it's drawn on a lot because i do do a lot of the side questing and stuff um but it's a it's a solid game after even after this many years um i'm definitely having a lot more fun playing it than i did in the beginning um and i was a little sick for a couple of days so it was a good excuse to just sit on the couch and play all day long um, nah, just man, never the best days never bad um a couple of days i wasn't even in the mood to sit there and play which was kind of annoying because i was like this is a perfect time to get like 24 hours of game time in over the next two or three days kind of thing but um i really only spent one one day really playing for a long period of time the other days i i would do like a quest and then like i'm really tired um but i did that same uh, thing i think last week where i was sick and i'm like sweet i can just play some games today and then i'm like no yeah no, maybe i'll just sit here and watch bad movies for 12 hours right. because yeah. i don't have the concentration or the anything right. especially for like game. the witcher maybe if i had tried to play a different game um i might have been able to do a little bit more but um I could only, yeah, I would progress a quest a little bit. And I was like, I just, I can't look at the TV like mm -hmm. this consistently. Like, oh, yeah, if I just put on a cartoon or something, like I could just kind of lay there and pretend I'm napping and uh, just kind of listen to it or whatever. But yeah, um, boy, it's, it's a good game though. I'm glad I'm finally like into it. Um, I'm excited. Next week, I'll probably talk about, um, I got a game because it was on sale um it is necromunda uh hired gun oh interesting which is in the the warhammer 40k universe um, oh, nice. and i heard this is actually pretty enjoyable um it is a first person shooter done by like a they made a weird game or something um i wasn't really prepared to talk about that but i will know more <laughs> when i do but i'm excited to play it because uh as a big warhammer fan and stuff and i've heard this game is pretty good it's kind of like not doom in the sense of like crazy gonzo killing demons but kind of like a really fast-paced shooter style game which isn't exactly how i would describe like necromunda um which is kind of um you're kind of like living in a hive world in the 40k universe so it's kind of like uh really dense urban population gang setting versus like the big space marines intergalactic combat it's it's a very local kind of game um that's kind of a spin-off in that same universe um so that's what necromunda is but um I don't think the story is going to be anything to write, like anything to get too excited about, but I heard it, it's fun to play. So I thought for, for 20 bucks, it's worth playing through on, yeah. on Xbox and um, looks like it looks pretty good and stuff. So um, I'm curious to see what, um, 
they were able to do with this license because um there's definitely been a lot more like warhammer licensed games recently where i think they used to be pretty protective of their ip but yeah i think a couple years of bad stock prices um they've decided to take more risks and it's like who cares like make a game if it's good great if it's not on to the next one kind of thing um they're like we have all these extra colons and nothing to do with them come on right we have so many colons um (laughs) but it seems like more and more of them have seemed to hit a little bit um yeah absolutely um i'm excited to give this a play so very cool i'll see what i think next week i didn't yeah i thought i might get a chance to play it real quick but i didn't um so it's all right. It's all right. Cole, how about you? What have you been playing? Woo! Anvil, I am shocked. I mean, I guess I, I played it with you, so. You played it with me. I got to the uh, third world, baby. Wow. Me and Colby and uh, Rich got, got uh, we played some multiplayer, and it was kind of fun. Anvil is still Anvil, so I don't probably need to talk about that more. Probably not. Uh, the devs just released uh, some new coupon codes. Because <laughs> um, they uh, hit so many people in the, I don't know, Reddit or something. So you can go get a thousand crons, Cliff. Ooh. Um, then I played Inscription some more. And unfortunately, Inscription is a game that once you get to a certain point, I just can't talk about because it spoils things. No, it's still and good I have, I have reached that point, and so I can't really say much about it. I need to um, catch that next time it goes on sale. It's very good. Um, things have changed. I will go with that. Uh, the card game got slightly different, and it got slightly harder. Interesting. Um, but it is very good. Uh, did you ever play it, Dylan? No. You should, because you actually like card games. I do like card games. Like deck building games. Yeah. I don't. I <laughs> dislike them greatly. I've never played one that I actually liked. This one is very good. So, I highly recommend it. What does um, it do different? Again, I can't explain You can't, because you don't. Well, you it, don't. It, well. it is one of, well, yeah, it's a one, like, I don't play a lot, but... Uh, it is a game that has very weird spoilers in it that you can't necessarily talk about. Um, it's a very good game. I will say that. Um, then I play me some Super Mario World because my kid's newest obsession is Mario. No, that's, um, that's, that's not, not the worst obsession you can have. It's this not, is not, the, what, yeah. not what I expected. I just looked it up. Yeah, it's, it's a it horror card game. Interesting. I'll have to... Um, I'll have to give this a look. Yeah, like I said, highly recommend it. Um, yeah, Super Mario World is still really, really good for a thirty-one-year-old game. Yeah, it's my um, favorite of the Mario games. Yeah, uh, I'm shocked at how much I still remember of that game, like yeah. the secret exits and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, you got to do this to get the secret exit. And I was like, how do you know that? I'm like. I don't know. Like I don't I don't know how to do math and important things are in my brain. Um I'm also fascinated with how many of those levels you can just use this cape to just fly right through yeah. and not do a damn thing in. I'm right. like, this seems like maybe it should have been fixed somehow. Like just put a couple blocks up in the air and you yeah. wouldn't be able to do that. Like you can skip through a good portion of that game just by flying over the levels. Yep. 
Um, but it is still very good, and I am enjoying it, and I've I'm close to beating it. I think I'm on there's I think there's eight levels essentially, and I'm on the seventh. Do you have um, Mario Odyssey? <clears throat> no. I'll send it to you. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Uh and then much to Cliff's anger. Chagrin. I, I have started playing Nobody Saves the World because I didn't realize that I wasn't supposed to. Um, no, as long as you're willing I, to play it co-op again, that's fine. I think I started it the day it dropped, mm. so <laughs> like it's fine. I, is it good? Oh yeah, it's it's really good. Um, it is long, which is why I was kind of confused. Where you're like, let's play it. I'm like, this well, is I didn't realize. I game. thought it. Oh, I thought it was like ten hours. No, it is like I'm like I said, I'm like sixteen hours in. I'm like halfway through, and I mean, granted, I am doing most of the kind of side quest stuff, but like. I think that it is probably a at least 18-hour game. Mm, I don't know. Time to Beat says that main story is f- like 14, main plus extra is, is 18. Uh-huh. I don't I don't believe Time to Beat most <laughs> of the time. Yeah. Um it's 20 but, that's like 30 32 people saying that. So, I don't know. Yeah. It uh it's really good. Um it is it oddly reminds me a ton of Crashlands, like oh, um, interesting, like not playstyle, but just like kind of the vibe of it is very Crashlands to me. I think it's um, I think it's interesting that like the last two weeks we've had two games come out from developers who made a very particular kind of game before that is nothing like the games they made previously. Nobody Save the World is by Guacamelee. Does. I did not realize that they're the same people who did. What's the, like, Attack of the Giant Blob game? Attack of the Giant Blob game. Yeah, it, they, they made it, too. It was their first game. I can't... It's called, like, something like Attack of the Blob or something. Huh. Because um, I didn't realize it was them, but when you're in one of the people's houses, there's a little poster for it. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, I played it on my uh, Vita a long time ago. Interesting. And really liked it. But uh, no, it's it's a really good kind of um, action RPG ish kind of game. Yeah, where you switch between fifteen different characters. Um, like at you can put in anyone, but like you have a wheel that you can switch between. Let's see, nine different characters. Interesting. Um, like just at will, you can and each essentially one has different stuff I assume. moves that you can also put on to different people they all have one main move and one like main ability and then past that they get abilities but you can also put on pretty much most other abilities into their thing um it's very interesting and you will like my only complaint with things like that is like often you're like i really like this character <laughs> but like it does a very good job of yeah. oh you you want to gain levels you have to level these guys up that's how you get uh these things to essentially get into dungeons um you get like their little wands and you get a wand every time your characters level up and so if you're not leveling up your characters you're not getting those wands um and so it's it's a good game though. I'm really enjoying it. So uh, Mutant Blobs Attack is the name of that's the game. That's what it is. Uh, they also made Severed, which is a really good iOS game. Apparently, it's out on the Switch too. If you, uh, I did not that. like Severed. Yeah, I I enjoyed it for what I played it, but I don't think I played a ton. Mm. But I liked it enough. 
Um, let's see. I am playing. Uh, I played Anvil with Colby, which was fun. Um, it was it was interesting to play that three player. I've never done that before. Like I said, we got. I don't know. We got like what three quarters? I think we got to world four or five on, uh, or level four or five on world three once, and then yep. never got past world two again. So yep. you know, it's all right though. We had a good time. Um, I beat the gunk, which is um, like I said, another game made by a studio that has a, a rich history of making one particular kind of game and then made something completely different. Um, the gunk's made by the folks that make the Steam World games, um, which are some of my favorite games of all time. Like, all the SteamWorld games are good. And the gunk is a lot of fun. It's like, Colby played it maybe, what, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a game where you and your partner are in a ship. You go to this planet looking for energy. Um, and then a lot of the game is just spent exploring around sucking up the the gunk into your, like, vacuum hand. And it's just this crap that is over on the planet, collecting a bunch of stuff. Um like I said last week, this fits really squarely into the games that have kind of an interesting mechanic, but don't hang around too long. It's like maybe, I don't know, six or seven hours, five or six hours. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has probably, I, I don't want to say the best, but it probably has some of the best level design I've ever experienced. And what I mean by best level design is the game takes in place entirely underground. Um, for the most part, um, in kind of complicated pathway stuff. Um, it's a game where you very, very easily could get lost, but the devs did a tremendously good job of using the level design to let you know where you need to go. Um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, like things on the floor of the game that show you which direction to go next. Um, there's a lot of collectibles that you need to collect for um, to like level up and to, to in, improve your character, but they have the effect of letting you know if you've been somewhere before or not, um, as long as you're collecting them. Um, and they did the thing where like every single platform you can jump on has like a yellowed edge to it, so you know that. If it's yellow, you can jump to it and and be fine. Um, it, they just did a, a really good job of like guiding the players through the levels in what could have been a game where you spent a lot of time lost. Um, very very fun game. I thought it had kind of a, a an interesting story. Like there's there's probably a moral to that story uh, if you if you play all the way through it. Um, colonization is bad. Colonization is bad. Um, or maybe good. Like I mean. Are are the are the two people colonizers? Call they could no, have been, they, but they, they specifically <laughs> left because they didn't want to be colonizers. That is true. Um, but they came with the intention of being colonizers. <laughs> so what you're saying is colonizers can grow. That's that's yeah, that's yeah. the story. Um, not in real life, but uh, in video games sometimes. So uh, no, it's good. I, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, it's on Game Pass, so you can play it for free. Uh, definitely, definitely recommend the gunk. Um, I also started playing Goragoa, which is a game that I don't know. I've been playing for it's like a, it's it's short. It's like two and a half hours. I'm like an hour into it. And I I don't know how to explain it. There's like four pictures, and you can go into the pictures, and you can pull the frame. It's a puzzle game. Like go watch a video of it. It'll make so much more sense if you just watch a video of it. Um, it's short. It's really interesting. It'll like stretch your brain out a little bit. Um, but definitely fun. Um, but like, I can't. I, there's no way I can explain it to you. Just go watch a video of Gorigo. It's available on the Xbox. Um, 
on Game Pass. It just came out, um, but it's also available like everywhere else too. Like you could, it's probably a great. It's been on mobile for a long time. I think it was actually a mobile game first. It's probably a, a great mobile game. Um, I will say, I the one the, the only reason I will say it is not maybe a great mobile game, and I, I don't know how it plays natively. But I tried to play it the other day, streaming it from my Xbox to my phone, and it was way, way, way too small. To play that way, um, like it's a game that you really have to be able to see the detail of these drawings, and and that wasn't going to work. So, I don't check it out though. It's it's fun and it's free on Game Pass, so worth a try. Uh, next up, our patrons. Thank you so much to the fine people that support this podcast every single month. We love you a lot. You're great folk, and you know we. I don't want to say we especially love. Like that's not true. I love every single one of our patrons individually. They're like they're like my children. Um, you know how you you can't love. It's why I only have one kid, because you're not allowed to love, you know, like one kid more than the other. And I just, there's no way to know if that would be true or not. And I didn't want to have to lie to kids. Um, you get what I'm saying. Anyway, our uh, our producer level patrons, we talk about them every podcast because uh, they're wonderful people that make it so we uh, can pay for the software we use to report podcasts and have a website and silly little things like that. Uh, anyway, those are John Tippins, Sean Palmer, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, Joe Cole Jr., Anonymous. Uh, maybe it's the collective. Do you think it's like those, that hacker group? Probably. Probably not. And uh, my good friend Rich, who Colby and I played Anvil with over the weekend. So, Whee! never know. Pay me 10 bucks. Maybe you can play video games with me. I mean, probably not. Like, I'm going to be honest. I have a really weird schedule, and uh, I play really weird video games. It just, just happens that it worked out that way. So, don't 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 pay money to play video games with me. Plus, I'm not interesting. I'm not interesting at all. He's not like, good at them either. I'm not good at them either. Terrible at them. <laughs> pay video games to play with Colby. <laughs> Play video games. Play 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 many play video games with Colby. He'll love it. You sh- he will not love it. Absolutely will not love it. Maybe play, just play video games with yourself. That's what I'm saying. Play single player games by yourself. Anyway, thank you to our patrons. You can become a patron too by going to Patreon.com/slash Bite Me Podcast, and uh, maybe there'll be hugs at some time. Free gamer bro hugs. Uh, if you would like to feel the warm hug of. Um, donating your time to a charitable cause that I learned yesterday um, was actually started by Marie Osmond. Did you know that Children's Miracle Network was started by Marie's o- Marie Osmond, Colby? I did not. I did not either. As, as, uh, as a Utah native, I feel like I should I should know more about... Uh, oh, who was the other founder? Do you remember? Um, John Schneider. John Schneider and... and no, not John Schneider. No, yeah, the, the guy from the Dukes of Hazard. I don't remember. One of the guys from the Dukes of Hazard, and and uh, Marie Osmond started the Child Child uh, Miracle Network Hospitals. We uh, support them via Extra Life every year. If you'd like to be on our Extra Life team, go to bitemepodcast.com slash Extra Life. Got a bunch of folks on the team already. I'm really excited about this year. We're gonna have a, a good old fashioned time. We're gonna raise some money. Oh, it is apparently is John Schneider. Um, I was thinking the other Schneider. Who's the Schneider you've met, Dylan? Rob. Rob Schneider. Any relation? Is one of the Duke boys and a stapler related? Well, is it Schneider or is Sh- it Snyder? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Oh, and then uh, two other people that I've never heard of also co-founded. It, it's really irrelevant. Um, I should just get Brooke a microphone. All right, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to the next part. Dylan, you want to help me? News. Love it. All right, Activision Blizzard. Um, a company that I'm guessing is not a big fan of unions. I'm like I'm, I'm saying that because most companies that make more than about 
$4.25 a year are not a big fan of unions, um, which is absolutely the reason that everyone who works for one of those companies should be a fan of unions, but that's a different podcast probably. I'm sure someone's done a a pro-union podcast better than I could. Go look for one. Um, But anyways, Blizzard Actors may have accidentally uh, started the first AAA uh, video game union. We talked about uh, the first video game union uh, like three weeks ago. So like there's not a long history of uh, video game companies forming unions. But uh, Raven Software, um, which has been on strike for... I don't know, six weeks at this time caused by um, Activision doing just a bunch of weird stuff where they gave a bunch of people raises and then just fired a bunch of people or laid them off, I guess, um, after forcing them to move to Madison, Wisconsin. Um, like, and I've been to Madison and it's nice. It's nice. Like I actually really, really liked Madison. I don't know if I'd move there. Um, like you can't fly into Madison. Like that's the thing that I found is there's like literally no direct flights to Madison. You want to go to, Mad- to Madison, you go somewhere else first, then go to Madison. But they had a lovely zoo, so I don't know. I got family there. It's fine. Um, anyway, they uh, they went on strike and have been fundraising, um, like a bunch of uh, you know money to help pay for the employees while they've been on strike. Um, but they announced that the employees have voted to join the uh, Game, Work- Game Workers Alliance, or they launched the Game Workers Alliance along with the Communication Workers of America. So they have actually gone back to work because um, kind of as they put it, uh, you know, in, in good faith they have started a union and they expect that Activision will also operate in good faith and recognize their union. And and half of that statement is very, very optimistic and I love that and then the second half of that statement seems very very unlikely but uh but maybe um we'll we'll see blizzard um blizzard's response has been that they are carefully reviewing the request and that they quote deeply respect the rights of all employees under the law to make their own decisions about whether or not to join a union which is the best corporate doublespeak i've heard this week maybe um it's pretty good Pretty good. Anyways, I I really 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 hope that this goes through because I I I keep hoping that there'll be some sort of like camel that wait some sort of straw <laughs> some sort of camel straw that, that will break a camel breaks the straw something like that. I mean that actually seems pretty easy. So it's probably the other way a straw that breaks a camel's back and uh, just like cascade through the industry and and start a bunch of unionization inside game workers uh because man if anyone needs it well i mean i'm not going to say that they need it worse than a lot of other people but sure sure wouldn't hurt sure certainly would not hurt so we'll see that um i i will say that maybe the 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 second best quote i've heard this week is from phil spencer and like normally i really like phil spencer but his uh when asked what he thought about this because i mean obviously he's going to own a union uh maybe in in you know a year or so he said i'm going to be honest i don't have a lot of personal experience with unions i've been at microsoft for 33 years so i'm not going to try and come across as an expert on this but i say we'll be having conversations about what empowers them to do their best work which as you can imagine a creative industry is the most important thing to and maybe maybe that's true but i would think that as a like senior vice president as a of a trillion dollar company that maybe you would have an opinion on unions and might be vaguely educated about them is that is that am i just thinking about that wrong you just know the pinkerton's phone number and you're good to go take care of that little union problem right there do you think you, the pinkertons still do that 
probably. Seems like really they're more like provide night security for a, like buildings that no one's in. But but maybe well, they, they they have many tentacles. Cliff. Many many tentacles. Uh, just as a uh, a disclosure, Brooks Grandpa was a Pinkerton. I don't believe that he actually ever broke uh, like a striking union worker's knees. She says it in the eighties, but there were still unions then. Anyway, uh, <laughs> always a labor dispute to put down. Always a labor dispute to put down. Always is. Uh, so. Blizzard Activision obviously getting purchased by Microsoft that's like a uh, that's a, a thing and you know like employees might might want to have some you know like a QA session with with you know senior leadership when something like that happens it's a lot of questions to be asked and uh, and so Bobby Kotick arranged a, a fireside chat and there's no reports as to whether it actually took place next to a fire or not um if you've ever been to a fireside chat that actually did take place next to a fireside I don't I don't think I have um but the good news is is that it was it was like a 30 minute Q&A session um he showed up Let's see, seven minutes late um, to a 30-minute meeting, didn't take any questions, and then finished the meeting early. So Bobby Kotick's still just like a pillar of transparency in these times. Um, I, I don't know. He, he mostly just said that he is going to uh, you know, make the transition as smoothly as possible and that he will be there, um, you know... Uh, as long as they need them, which I'm hoping is like a like the ink dries and then they just like kick into a curve. Although he's going to earn about five hundred million dollars as part of uh, this acquisition, so <sighs> that's that's something, something. <laughs> he uh, he did compare uh, the company to he he the Activision is as important to him as his children, which. Uh, must make his kids feel great. Um, on the flip side of that, Bobby Kotick, I think as we've we've talked about a couple times, is really, really good at throwing people under the bus, including that lady that he wrote an email about and then talked about how bad that, like, he wrote an email for her, made her release it, and then talked about how bad the email was. Like, that's, that's, that's classy. <laughs> um, Bobby Kotick also threw the Overwatch 2 team under the bus, saying that the reason they're... Uh, the reason that their financials were so bad is because the Overwatch 2 team and the Diablo 4 team just couldn't get their stuff together in order to uh, in order to you know actually get a game released. And uh, he says, Bobby, tell everyone this is this is uh, Tracy Kennedy, who's one of the producers on Overwatch 2, said, Bobby, tell everyone about the random projects for Overwatch 1 you would all shove on us. The team would do overtime for them only to get canceled and for months of Overwatch 2 dev to have been lost. Or how almost entire teams are turning over and citing you as the reason. Don't be shy. And I love that that person is willing to do that for a company they still work for, for a guy who is still their boss. Like, that tells you how good Bobby Kotick is, um, you know. They they added in a in another tweet. Um, you hide behind scapegoats because you're a coward. The entire world will remember you to be a greedy joke, and there's nothing you can do to change that. We outlasted you, and you and we won. Bye. Anyway, <laughs> Bobby Kotick sounds like just a just a stand up dude that everyone should want to work for. 
Mikey Barra. Mikey Barra is probably going to replace Bobby Kotick, I think. Like, who knows? I, I'm just spitballing there. Dude, uh, formerly, he's been a Microsoft executive for like, I don't know, 20-something years, worked at Xbox, um, jumped over to Blizzard last year, is now president of Blizzard after his co-president quit because she said that Blizzard is full of misogynists who used her to um, essentially make the company look better because they're like, oh gosh, look, we have a woman, she's president, yay. Um, anyway, Mike, Mikey Barra was her co-president. Um, he is talking a lot about uh, the direction that they want to go for culture improvement. And talk is really, really, really cheap. Um, but it does sound like Blizzard is, is if they follow through on all these things, will be building kind of a better future for themselves, um, probably under Microsoft leadership. Um, they're hiring a culture leader uh, who will help them kind of reshape their culture from a bunch of misogynist, drunken um, teenagers into like a real company, hopefully. Um, a new uh, head of human resources, um, because I think their old head of human resources quit or was terrible or both, maybe both. Um, and a diversity, equity, and inclusion leader uh, focused on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which they, they haven't been very good at so far. So they've got that. Um, they've also apparently tripled the size of their compliance and investigative teams. I, I, How bad is a company when you're like, the first thing we have to do is triple the size of I mean, maybe they only had one person before and now they have three. Um, but like when, when you have to have a team of people to make sure that, um, people are, uh, being accountable for unacceptable behavior, how much unacceptable behavior do you have? Um, like I, 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 I like to think that they had three people and now it's, 15. <laughs> no, it's no, it's three times. So it's nine. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> I tell you, it's, they had one and now they have three. Like did, I've never had to work for a company that, that had to have a, an accountability and investigative team. Like maybe everyone should have one, but it seems, seems bad. Um, like I said, maybe they're doing the right thing. We'll, we'll see. Uh, in good news related to Activision Blizzard that has nothing to do with all this crap. Like in, in what I can only see as like Phil Spencer, like dancing around and, and getting super excited. Like he says, I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go. Spencer says, uh, King's Quest, like, I don't think Activision owns King's Quest, do they? They do. Really? They bought it from Sierra. Good on them. Yeah. I heard the last King's Quest game was pretty good, actually, the one that came out like two, three years ago. Guitar Hero. I think I should know this, but I think they got Hexen. Um, I I like that Spencer is is excited about it. We're going to talk more uh, when we get to the Q&A sec- session, section, section, uh, about what we're most excited about from, uh, from this, but I, I, I like the idea that Phil Spencer's not like, oh my gosh, we've got Call of Duty. Instead, he's like, dude, do you guys remember Hexen? Because Hexen was dope in 1999. Um, also, Hexen was dope I, in 1999. I loved Hexen. I loved Hexen. So good. Uh, like, if you've never played it before, it, it was uh, made by Ravensoft, but it seems like it was published by ID Software, maybe. And it was very much like a... like magic doom game like if doom used magic instead of like giant shotguns good stuff i don't know why they never made they made hexen one and hexen two and then it just kind of disappeared so i don't i don't know what happened there but i would absolutely play a new hexen game so uh let's see so pc let, let, no, let me let me start over Nin, nintendo power 
Nintendo Power is a magazine started by Nintendo to serve as a marketing arm for them. Like, no one that was reading Nintendo Power, like, was going to read Nintendo Power for, like, hard-hitting news about Nintendo because Nintendo was not going to do that. Xbox Magazine, same thing. It was a, a magazine put out by Xbox as a marketing arm of Xbox in order to do that. Um, Blizzard thought, you know what? We've been getting a lot of bad press lately. You know what we should do? We should buy Kutako or maybe PC Gamer and then use those magazines to talk about how great Blizzard is. And... I, what do you, is that a good idea? Do you think that that would have worked? Do you think that would have gone over well? Because I just can't imagine a worse idea. I mean, it's not an honest good idea, <laughs> but it's probably a better idea than whatever their plan was. <laughs> I mean, it would increase the ratio of good to bad news. Exactly. They're like, so, it's sweet. We get all the games like three weeks early. Like these reviews are so dialed. I... I just want to point out that OXM was, in fact, not owned by Microsoft. Was it not? No, nope, it was put out independently. So it was the official Xbox magazine, uh-huh. but... but <laughs> the unofficial like, official Xbox uh-huh. magazine. It, it, it was a British video game magazine. Do you magazine. think they had, like, editorial in, input into it? I don't know. Interesting. That was a good magazine. I, I really I like OXM. OXM. Yeah. I, they still print it, actually, but it's, like, really expensive to get a subscription to. And, I don't know, every once in a while... So when I worked at Software Etc., one of the cool things that you got to do is um, at the end of every month when the new magazines came in, or I guess the beginning of every month probably, all the ones that um, didn't sell, you'd rip the covers off of and you'd send the covers back to um, the publisher because you'd get like credit for them. But then all the magazines you'd just throw away. Um, but if you worked there, you could just take all the magazines you wanted. So I, I would read tons of gaming magazines every month because I was a nerd. Um, but you get the discs that came with them and all that stuff too. So it was, it was cool. Um, but I, yeah, right. I, I, I've often thought like, man, it'd be really cool to get a subscription to PC Gamer or really cool to get a subscription to OXM or something. And, and first of all, they're expensive, but also by the time you get them, I have to assume the news is really, really old. Like I, I spend so much time looking at gaming news that I, I think I'd open up and go like, oh, I already knew that. Oh. Oh, I already knew that too. So I don't know. Different time, and I don't want to read a digital version of it. That seems silly. Um, anyway, uh, people knowledgeable to the deal said Mr. Kotek has been eager to change the public narrative about the company, and in recent week has suggested Activision Blizzard make some sort of acquisition, including of gaming trade publications like Kotaku or PC Gamer. According to people familiar with it, my favorite thing is is they they called up and asked. They're like, "No, that never happened. I promise you, that did not happen." I'm like. I bet that happened. <laughs> anyway, it didn't happen because Microsoft bought them instead. Uh, Steam Decks. I will have one soonish. Not as soon as I would like, but soonish. I'm thinking like April. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't order fast enough because I don't know. Good job. I tried real hard, man. I tried real hard. Faster. I, I just couldn't. The internet was against me. I was. It was the internet's fault. Um, but Steam's faced with kind of an interesting problem right now because, like, they, they have cloud saves, but their cloud saves are kind of predicated on you actually, like, closing the game because 
you know, that's kind of how you do it on a PC. Like e- either you're you're leaving that thing running for days. I mean, like I think that's why I have some games that are like, you've played 400 hours of this game. I'm like, no, I've played like two and a half minutes of that game. They're like, you left this game open running in the background for 400 hours. I'm like, that is actually a possibility. Um, but, you know, with a with a with something like a Steam Deck where you're going to pick it up and, you know, play the game for a little bit and probably put it back down without actually shutting down the game, they had to essentially add some of the same kind of features that, say, like the Xbox has had for a long time. Um, and probably to a lesser extent, um, the PlayStation and the uh, the Switch. I don't – the PlayStations used to be really bad. I, I don't know if it's better now. I don't have a, a – I don't have a PlayStation 5, so I don't know if their cloud sync got better. But the Xbox one's really good. Like, the, the Xbox cloud sync um, will put your saves between different different Xboxes. It'll put your your uh, your saves into the cloud for if you're streaming a game via Game Pass. It's, it's very good. And uh, Steam is adding the same feature um, to, to the Steam Deck and to Steam in general. So if you uh, start a game somewhere and then, you know, uh, stop playing essentially, those, uh, those saves will, will go to the, the cloud kind of automatically and then you'll be able to sync them to, to your computer. So even if you aren't a, a Steam user, uh, or I'm sorry, a Steam Deck user, if you are a multiple PC user, this will actually be good for you as well. So um, that's a nice little little value add uh, that we're getting uh, because of the Steam Deck. I think that that's actually one of the nice things about the Steam Deck existing is that there's a lot of little things coming out of this that even if you don't have a Steam Deck, you'll benefit from. Like their, the version of Linux they're developing to run the OS is actually it'll be freely available so you could actually put it on your PC if you wanted to run um, a, a version of Linux uh, to game on that uh, instead of, you know, buying a Windows license. If you're building specifically a gaming PC, it, it you know, saves you a couple hundred bucks versus buying a Windows license. Um, and it's going to apparently run like 90% of games on uh, Steam and there's going to be ratings to show you, you know, which ones support and which ones don't. But it's a, it's a nice little side effect of them actually building the Steam Deck. Uh, last up, uh, survey says that developers are definitely not interested in crypto or NFTs. So uh, the Game Developers Conference, GEC, does a survey every year and asks developers a bunch of questions. And uh, one of them they asked this month, uh, or you know, for this, this, uh, this year as part of their state of the game industry survey was about cryptocurrency. And the first one was, what is your studio's interest in cryptocurrency as a payment tool? So uh, you know, being able to buy loot boxes, being able to buy you know, stuff with Ethereum or Bitcoin, and apparently only six percent were very interested. Twenty-one percent were uh, somewhat interested, and seventy-two percent, a overwhelming majority, are not interested at all. With a very tiny one percent saying, "Hey, we're already doing it." Um, the next question is, "What is your studio's interest in non-fungible tokens?" Every time I hear "non-fungible," it, it does it. Do you think of mushrooms, Dylan? Because I think of mushrooms for some reason. No, except that's good. That's yeah, a good one. yeah. But it just seems weird know. and gross to me. I don't, I don't like it. But anyway, again, seven percent very interested. Twenty-one percent somewhat interested. Seventy percent not interested. A tiny, tiny one percent already developing them. Uh, so I mean, like, really, what this this is showing, and and obviously, developers don't matter as much as you know heads of game yeah. development studios. Like, you can be a developer and not want to do it. Um, but that doesn't mean you're not, gonna. doesn't mean you're not going to do it. Uh, 
you know, it's it's it, it is whatever. I, I feel that maybe the best comment um, from a developer was, why do we need them? What benefit does it have putting these systems into our games? Who is using these things? It feels like a very small audience. And also these technologies are still not using sustainable energy and are a target for money laundering. As a developer, I feel deeply uncomfortable that there's a push for these. It feels entirely fueled by greed for more money because we read stories about crypto millionaires when in reality all is extremely unstable and unethical. And that, that pretty much sums up... Uh, Crypto and NFTs to a T. What? What are they? What? What? How much money did they lose the other day? Call a trillion dollars when Bitcoin crashed. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. A lot of money. It was like two hundred billion or something. Happens. Happens. All right. Anyway, let's uh, let's do some questions, Dylan. Hey, yo, Vinny. It's time for your question. He has a question this week. Vinny's question, which we foreshadowed earlier, is out of all of Microsoft's 30-plus studios, which IP do they have that has been dormant that you'd love to see make a comeback? And for fun, if you have a specific studio you'd want to make it, who would it be? The idea of Guitar Hero coming back makes me ecstatic, and I hope it happens. We talked about this a lot, and I think Dylan and I are both very, very, very down for a guitar. Like, yeah. I, like I said, I need a new guitar because... Yeah. You can't even plug the old ones yeah, into your new stuff. Can't plug the new ones. And I want them to be wireless. I want them to, you know, yeah. be be cool and whatever. But, like, besides that, like, if you just take the exact old guitar you had, throw, like, an Xbox wireless guts into it and uh, and give it to me, I will play the the existing versions. They can be the Xbox 360 versions. Right. Like, I don't, you know, I'd love to be able to buy them as a pack. Like, how cool would it be able to buy, like, the Guitar Hero collection, Guitar Hero 1, 2, 3, yeah. the Beatles. Uh, the Beatles was Rock Band, wasn't it? Um, you know, but just, like, give me all of yeah, that. Yeah, Guitar Hero Metallica. Yeah. Was the Aerosmith one Guitar Hero or Rock Band? It was Aerosmith. Yeah. It was uh, Guitar Hero. And uh, Guitar Hero Aerosmith, and I'm not even a huge Aerosmith fan by any stretch of the Same. imagination. That was a really good game. Um, for the songs that were not Aerosmith, but even the Aerosmith songs were, were fun. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, would. I would just love that to just just come back and be something I could have. Like you know, absolutely. if if you want to add some quality of life, like I think um, Lego Rock Band. I want to say maybe I don't know. There was a Lego one. Was there? But also the Beatles one added a. Um, you could like set one player to not lose. Um, oh, interesting. So like okay. you like I played. I think I had the Beatles one, and so I could play it with my kid when he was like four because he right. could hit the notes he could hit and then miss the notes and right. he could not you can hit. Try, but at least you can still like you could play. You're with not him. necessarily on lose no lose mode. But. Exactly. Yeah. And so I thought that that no lose mode was pretty cool. So I, I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing that get added to it. But besides that, man, I just want to be able to play those games again. Colby and I played ridiculous amounts of Guitar Hero. And I, not like, I don't think I was ever like awesome, but like I was good enough. Like I think we beat right. most of, we, we could beat almost every song on hard and a lot yeah. of songs on expert. So, you know. Well, I think it's one of those games that it's it's fun to get better at. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you, you can see improvement and I don't know because it's, because it's music, it's different for replaying it yeah. um, because you're kind of just listening to the tunes. Whereas like, I can only grind the same cuphead level yeah. so many times, right? Yeah. Like I'm not gonna keep replaying that so many times yep. to be better, right? Yep. Um whereas I think the progression in Guitar Hero, 
like you can play that a lot um, just because one other songs will make you better at other songs yep. um, and you're listening to the tunes and you like the tunes and um, then you get excited when they they add something and you're like oh they they really added that song I love yeah. that song or that band or um, I mean it's cool that rock band still is very supported even though you can't get yeah the stuff anymore. it which is kind of I think annoying and frustrating, but um, there's no reason it shouldn't like let that exist and give us a new controller. Like, I don't know. uh, The one thing I will say is I actually own the Xbox one version of guitar hero and uh, it came with, I think in order to save money, they didn't make um, console specific controllers. Um, So they have like a USB dongle. Um, and it's impossible to get it to sync. It's just a nightmare. Right. You, I could only ever get one to sync. I actually bought an entire second one because I'm like, oh, it'd be fun to play. And my kid was kind of into it, and it didn't work. It was just a nightmare. So don't don't do that, Activision. That's what I'm saying. Give me give yeah. me good controllers. I'm willing to pay for them. Um, tons of fun. So, but I, I think the thing is, I I think back about all the songs that I'd never really heard before, or never heard before. Like, there's a difference between hearing a song on the radio and a, and then like really really listening to a song uh, but i mean like i'd and never over and over yeah like i'd never heard um this sounds dumb because like this is a very very popular song but i'd never heard mother by danzig before yeah n- like never heard it before like first time i heard it was in guitar hero and that game's that song's dope like that song's so good um and there's a rolling stones song that i i'm trying to can't you hear me knocking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I'd heard that song a million times. Like, I mean, that is a staple of classic rock radio. But, like, really listening to that song and, like, how cool the kind of, like, noodly guitar part is. And, like, that was really cool. Um, and I also remember uh, uh, John the Fisherman was, like, the first one that actually had, like, the the real, like, that was the Primus track. It wasn't right. someone re-recording it, which was really yeah, cool. Yeah, because the first two, two yeah, were all games were yeah which some of the songs were better and some were worse yeah um super fun though super fun um i'd definitely play hexen again though what about you cole what what uh what do you want to bring back i have been saying it for i don't know years now but i would like a pitfall metroidvania oh yeah pitfall man like what a what a good what a good pull um pitfall did you ever play the the like most recent Pitfall, the one that came out like probably in the late nineties? No. It was real good. The Super Nintendo one. I think I played it on PC, but yeah, it was it was really good. Like that's a that's definitely a a, a game I would I would love to see come back. Like imagine Shadow Complex. Yeah, but, you know Pitfall. Pitfall. Yeah, yeah, Pitfall Harry for life, man. Did you see? So like speaking of like really old games that just got re released. Do you remember playing F fifteen Strike Fighter on the Commodore? That just got yeah. pushed into Steam. <laughs> like it's like six bucks, <laughs> and it's still like same old school like vector graphics. And I don't know. I I might. I had a lot of fun playing that as a kid. I might. I might have to think about giving that a go. Uh, next question. Our rich deacon says, uh, which this is, this is a really important question. Um, and I think he's right. Do you like your toast light or dark? That's Brooke cackling in the background because she knows that my, my answer is, I, I know your answer. Slightly warm, slightly warm. Um, 
if it can be like a little bit crusty without actually like being too crunchy, that would be like if there was a way to like microwave toast and have it <laughs> just <Right>. like. <laughs> I my, think you're meaning steamed bread. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 perfect setting for toast is like one and a half, maybe two, but not not much. Past I that. I agree, actually. Ah. Except I think you like it a little softer than I do. <laughs> like I want it to be toast, but I like it as lightly toasted as possible. But it still has to be toast. Toast, yeah. Like I don't want it to be bread anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. But I'm definitely not. Uh, I used to like like a darker toast, but I had a very extensive toast tasting test. Uh, <laughs> I think in late middle school or high school, where I really went through the different toast selections, and then I spread everything you could think of on toast with just butter or honey or jam or whatever peanut butter. And really decided what I liked, but um, definitely just a light toast is what you want. I like, like that. I like that Dylan applied like the scientific method to toast. Like that's that's good stuff. I, I have a very specific memory of doing yeah, this with my buddy. I like that a lot. Um, so toast is good too. How about you, Cole? I, I love toast. What, what, what's your toast? I, I like it lightly toasted. See, I knew I was amongst people that were smart. Like, right, except you're, you're explaining it as the yeah, most like soggy, toast. soft toast. No, I don't. I don't. I, like, I, I, I mostly kid. I, I do. Close, like, if you could put it in front of like a uh, like a heater, yeah. you're, you, like, you, uh, you, you turn the toaster on and you leave the bread beside it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like uh, it's Lacroix. Lacroix. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I, I like, I do kid. It I, takes on the smell of toast. But I, I really do like my, my toast, like lightly toasted, but it's, it's kind of a joke at our house because like, I like my toast a lot lightlier toasted than, than anyone else here. So, but, uh, yeah, I just, I like it toast. You know, I think the other funny thing is, is, and I don't, I don't know if it's, if, if I said I was going to make you toast, Colby, what, what would you think I was making you? Like what is completed toast? What? Like if I said, with, hey, with butter, with butter, yeah, yeah, and, and that's what that's what Brooke thinks too. Um, when I think of toast, I actually think of like peanut butter and jelly toast. Um, like that's a sandwich. It's, it is a. You know, I'm not saying <laughs> that is a sandwich. I'm not saying it's not a sandwich. <laughs> that is a toasted peanut butter sandwich. Anyway, that's like growing up. That's what Dad used to call toast. Like if if you wanted toast for breakfast, it was you know toasted right. peanut butter and jelly. You know together so you know that that when i think toast like if i'm having toast for breakfast i'm not just stopping at butter right. like that's silly so well yeah i yeah. mean except I, there's something just about a classic buttered toast that it's just you know um, there is but like i i want to go like a step further and go like butter and honey or butter and oh, marmalade yeah, absolutely butter and mm. marmalade is real good too so uh, this is a tangent and for two of our patrons good that good might hear this um they know because this is their household that uh, i ate this in um growing up but they had i've only ever had it at their house for breakfast sure, and it sure, was sure. caramel toast um and i don't even know what that means i just know it was like some sort of sweet coconutty caramely spread oh. i don't know if it, i don't know if there's actually caramel involved but that's just what it was called it was just like I don't know if it was sugar and coconut or 
I, I to this day I do not know what it is, but I ate it a lot. It sounds amazing. And it's it's very good. Um but yeah, I only ever had it there and I don't know what it Could is. Could you please uh, research this and report back, Dylan? Because I yeah, want to like, now though. that I, now that I I've had to bring it up, I mean I'll get a text message in a couple days um, <laughs> about this. Um but um I would like to know because I would like to like make it or something because yeah. i've literally only ever had it or seen it i've never even heard of it otherwise so i don't know if i don't even know if it's a thing i don't know if it's a real thing it's probably a real thing to some region somewhere yeah. like fluffernutters right like oh man fluffernutters um, are good so but yeah um depending where you are like that stuff's way more common um but um i had another toast to Sm- to to share toast. oh s'mores toast is good definitely done that you, yeah. you put uh uh the marshmallow spread with nutella on top oh, of it that sounds amazing anyway uh out of out of toast land uh, i also like making toast in a pan oh so i butter both sides and then i pan toast make pan toast i, my, I, uh, I actually do that more often because i do we didn't have it we don't have a toaster I so. I don't have a microwave currently, and so I find myself doing a lot of a lot of uh, things in pans that I had not done before. Yeah. So you didn't make pan toast, or I turned the broiler on in the oven oh. and just throw it in there for a little bit. Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to make this about toast, but you know what I really like is you take some bread and you put a little bit of butter on top of it, and you put cheese on top of that, put it in the broiler, let it melt, then you mm-hmm. put uh, mayo on top of the cheese, and then lettuce or not lettuce, uh, tomatoes and pepper. On top of that, mm. it's real good. It's real good. Like a very, very strange. It's kind a BL. Of, yeah, it's like a BL. Um, kind of tangy. It's good. But there's cheese. So it's a BLC, I guess. Except there's no bacon. So it's a... Oh. It's a... Yeah, I kind of screwed this up. Yeah, it's a... It's bread. It's bread. Bread. Well, it's toast. Bread. <laughs> cheese. It's, toast. it's a BCT. It's a BCT. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Prime Fam wants to know what if you had to choose what your favorite platformer is. What what would uh, what would your favorite platformer be? Um, lately, um, and I mean it's old at this point, but Rayman, yeah, Rayman Legends. I think Rayman Legends and Rayman Origins are the two best platformers. Like I, I there's none that I've played that I've had more fun playing. Um, like uh, straight Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was very good, but again, these are old. These are pretty old at this point. Yeah. So yeah, the, I I, uh, I think those are great. I I've not. I don't know if I've played a, a strict platformer that is better than either of those games. What about you, Cole? You like you, you don't play a lot of platformers, do you? I don't play. I I really like Super Mario yeah, World. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Classics. See. It seems like I just literally played a game that was a platformer that I was like, that was really good. And then, I mean, my favorite though would still be Mega Man Two. Oh yeah, I I think that like, like Mega Man to me like, like straight platformers like, right are like I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, it's just I just like, don't know what else I'd call it. Yeah, there's action like action platformer, and I, and I think that's the difference. Yeah. Is like there there's a difference between a platformer and an action platformer. Like a platformer to me is like going from the start to the finish in a certain amount of time. Um, right. Whereas a, there is our games that I mean, like Contra is more of like an action platformer. Um, right. The interesting thing, is, like in a game like Mega Man, like there are certain levels that are more platformy because it there are there is like a you have to jump across these platforms yeah. and then there's so yeah it's not but I, I, I it's 
it's an action platformer. Yeah. It's a platformer. Yeah, it's it's semantics. Um, how about a Flynn son of Crimson? Is the oh one yeah, that, that did look good. Recently played. That did look that good. good. Um, what's a triple A game you would recommend? What's the what's the last triple A game that you were like, dang, this is good? It's been a hot minute. Uh, last AAA game I played. I I can't remember the name of it. Dylan, you played it too. That Ubisoft like Greek Gods game. Yeah. Um Phoenix Immortals Rising. Phoenix Rising. Yeah, that game was that game was good. It could have been a little shorter, but yeah. de- definitely enjoyable. It's, it's the better Breath of the Wild. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and probably the better Assassin's Creed too, honestly. Yeah, at this point, because yeah. it, it's kind of that same formula, yeah. except this game does, I think, a lot of the stuff really well. Yeah, um, I thought that was good. I like, yeah. I, I was, I paid thirty bucks for it, and I felt real good about that. Um, I would yeah. say Far Cry Five was probably the game before that that I enjoyed the most. Triple A. Um, I I play almost no Triple A games anymore, though, to be honest. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with Red Dead Two. Yeah, I, I literally like. I'm scrolling through and I'm like, I'm playing a lot of AAA games. Yeah. Uh, I mean Red Dead Two and uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. You know, like same. I, I just don't play. I just don't play a lot of AAA anymore. It's not my not my thing. Uh, let's see. But let's talk about some cheap free games that are also probably not AAA. <laughs> uh, Epic Games this week is Damon X Machina, um, which is like you're in a, a mech suit and jumping around shooting stuff. So I've, I thought I'd played that, but I definitely have not. So check it out. It's free. It's on Epic Games starting Thursday. Uh, Game Pass is like they need to make another announcement because we're quickly running out of Game Pass games. There's only four that I can talk about. One is that weird drum game, uh, Taiko no Tatsujin. I sh- like if we're gonna keep doing this podcast, I need to take like at least some basic like Japanese pronunciation classes so I can stop mangling these. Help. It will not help. <laughs> Uh, console and PC, January 27th on that one. Edge of Eternity is coming out February 10th on console. Uh, Total War Warhammer 3, which Dylan is very excited about, is coming out February 17th. That is PC only. And then Shredders, which is a new... Um, a paper shredding simulator. It is a paper shredding simulator. You play uh, the part of an Enron executive who is tasked with shredding as much paper you can before the SEC shows up. Um that, a great that actually would not be a terrible like I can see that as being like a like a VR game. <laughs> no, no. See, I picture it more in like that kind of um, not cooking mama. What's the cooking one? Yeah. Overcooked. Overcooked. You have to like, like pass off these like, like several. You have player. to go to the right file thing and then find the file and then give it to someone else. And yeah, that or or I can see it as being like a like a. VR based like kind of like job simulator kind of game um, but like or, certain documents won't fit in this paper shredder, shredder because yeah, they're too, too big, big. They and then you have to go them. put them in the incinerator yeah. or yeah they got staples so you have to unstaple them or, or just burn them or like a surgeon that's what I was gonna simulator. say yeah, surgeon simulator but with paper shredding it's like super awkward you've got to like control your arms independently yeah I think we've just come up with four very, very good game prototypes that someone should build. Um, not me, but someone should build those games. Yeah. Um, Shredders is actually a um, snowboarding game. <laughs> it's coming out in February at some point. Console, Obviously. Yeah. Console, PC, and cloud. It does not have a release date, at least 
as of last time I checked, but I will be completely honest in saying that these notes are from last week. So, nope, just just sometime, sometime soon. Oh wait, maybe no, it was delayed into 2022. So, hopefully February. Keep 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 your thoughts happy. Uh, Nintendo Online is getting uh, the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask um, this week. Although I think you have to be in the like. Ex- Expensive Plus Nintendo the online, online yeah, experience. Yeah. That. Um, apparently, they also just updated their emulator, so the N64 games are playing better now. Still not perfect, but better. So I just wish that they would just release those as like, let me spend five bucks and get the Nintendo 64 games. I I have thoughts. None of them are very productive i just like i don't want any of the nintendo 64 games except like three of them right. and those i'd be happy to pay five bucks a piece i just for. don't I, I mean don't get me wrong i think it's stupid that it costs more to play genesis games but whatever i i understand about licensing i understand about all of those things but i also don't understand why there isn't just like a ten dollars a month and you can play all of them like it, come on, people. Like, this is... Use it as a loss leader right? and call it good. It's just so dumb. Like, I would pay... I mean, I actually probably wouldn't pay. But, like, I think if you said... Well, let's see. For 10 bucks a month, if I could play, like, all SNES, SNES, and N64 games, just stream them off a computer to my Switch or my whatever, like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd do that forever. But I guarantee you I'd do it for a couple months. <laughs> You know? I think the funny thing is, is that now playing Super Mario World, it's emulated. Yeah. And it's not great. Yeah. Like, literally, I'll get to places where there's, like, huge slowdown because there's too much uh-huh. stuff on the screen. I'm yeah. like, cool, yeah. guys. Like, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Anyway, uh, Troll Corner, um, won't somebody think of the poor scalpers? I And by scalpers, I apologize. What I actually meant was job creators. Um, maybe maybe you were unaware, but scalpers um, are actually actually job creators. They're helping young small small businesses. businesses um, no, that would be if you bought the product from the distributor and then. Oh, that that does that actually think, does sound real? Okay, because you would just pay less. And then you would sell make the same. So what pro- you're saying, Dylan, is you could actually start like a video game st- store, be- an honest business, buy yeah, these things wholesale, right? Right. Oh, interesting. Well, that that's stupid. What you should do is um, you should subscribe to the service that Jack Bayless uh, sells um, for about thirty pounds a month um which i guess is like i don't know 35 dollars um he makes a tool that um notifies you when um companies have uh stuff in in stock and and allows you to to try and you know to get those before people that just want them can um you know so that's how you end up with those guys that have like so you can buy them so they can buy them yeah exactly exactly Uh, you become a middleman for a, a place that doesn't need middlemen um 
his his reasoning though is this is great. Like I'm going to just read you a bunch of quotes because there's no way to make this guy sound like less of an asshole than he actually is, except by using his. No, that actually makes him sound like more of one. Anyway, we're just going to read some stuff. To me, owning the PS5 or an Xbox isn't a necessity. It's a luxury. Okay, if you can afford to spend 450 pounds, spending the extra hundred pounds should be pretty marginal if you've got cash ready to splash on that. So. Apparently, paying $500 for a Xbox One or a PS5 is really the same equivalent of paying $600 for one. There's, It's it's just 20% more. That's nothing, right? I was with it when you said, this is a luxury. It's like, yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. But someone could have been saving for the past two years, so they had the money that was announced <laughs> to purchase a PS5. Um, yeah, that's... Anyway, well, no one, no one should be buying them marked up. Period. No, absolutely not. They just shouldn't. People should not do that. Um, I understand. Hey, my like, if my buddy found one, for example, and he went through the effort and he bought it because he lives on the other side of the state or something, he bought it for me, and then he met me in the middle somewhere. Yeah, flipping fifty extra bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Right, but you're not. You're not. There's no finder's fee here. It gets, and maybe maybe that that's a reasonable business if you maybe marked it up 50 bucks and been like, yo, I actually got one who wants it. Or you could just let someone else I'll that actually wants one buy it. <laughs> right, exactly. It gets, um, it gets so much better, though, Dylan. You're going to love this. Yes, some families are going to have to pay another 100 pounds. But what you don't think about is our members. They've got like 30 consoles. They're making $100 on each one. And they're making a good month's salary in a couple of days. I don't know what that point is. <laughs> what they're doing is they're becoming entrepreneurs. They're going out, creating a side income, and they're doing something that 90% of the population can't be bothered to do. Well, because I'm not a jerk. <laughs> right? I've thought about it. Every Kickstarter that comes up that I'm like, I could buy 10 of these, and I know that they will mm -hmm. be worth three times as much. I could do that. It's just like... But I don't. No. I, I think the thing is, is nobody wants these people to exist. Like... No. I, I am so sick of looking at, like, concerts. Concerts are the ones that drive me crazy. It's like, I would oh, love to worst. go see that it's show. It's the worst. And by, you know, by the time you get done with, like, eight pre-sales and all the scalpers, there's there's nothing left. You, I mean, shows go on sale and an hour later, you're already having to buy off the secondary market. And it's just, it's so dumb. Like, nobody wants these places to exist except the people that are making money doing it. And there's just no reason for it. Don't buy from scalpers. I, I like, I get it. Yeah, like, just, your kids want an don't. Xbox. Just don't. It's so just dumb. Just tell them there's none left. There's none yet. Well, I'll get you one when we can. Like, it'll be fine. <sighs> I don't know. Anyway, entrepreneurs. Won't somebody think of the See, I don't, poor I don't think scalpers? <laughs> they created their own side hustle, Dylan. They didn't want to be an Uber driver. They no, they didn't. That's not. There was no clever. No clever thought happened here. No, no, just dumb. Yeah, yeah. I guess you recognize demand. I think that's about as much work as you did. But <sighs> I guess, I guess the only thing you know. did that nobody else, you know, the difference between you and the person who didn't do it is that you had like. I don't know, 20 grand in cash that you could right. buy a bunch Disposable of consoles with. Cash but 
I would bet most of them flip them on credit cards. So, well, see, the, the thing is, like, I've had like I've had extra tickets before because I decided not to go to a show. I sold them for the same price I bought them, or in some cases, I was just like, I'll sell them for less. Yeah. I don't care. Like, whatever. I, I, I don't. I've I'm only, not trying to make money here. I've only um, sold tickets once, and I lost like fifteen dollars off the ticket price. It, there's there's no winning. Now, if you want to be the guy slinging T-shirts outside the venue, that's an entrepreneur. That's that is an entrepreneur. I mean, it's an entrepreneur that doesn't respect copyright very much, correct? Trademarks, but, um, you know. So that's a little sketchy, it's a but little sketchy. But I would say, I sure, that's something, right? That's it's not the perfect example, but because you're still not really following the rules, it's but better. Um, yeah, it's. I mean that's the that's the right idea though. You're not you're not taking hostages. <laughs> but I mean to be honest, everyone knows that the real entrepreneurs of today are people that invest in NFTs. The real right. the real and yeah, whatever. Anyway, we are Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at bitemepodcast.com. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Bite Me Podcast. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash bite me podcast. You can join our extra life team at bite me podcast.com slash extra life. Or you can come chat with Colby, Dylan, and myself on our Discord at uh, bite me podcast.com slash Discord. <sighs> Dylan. Bite me. Bite me. Should make Fleming and the Chipmunks. Tums, tums of thumbs. Oh, that's a cute cat. Which cat's that, Dylan? Uh, that looks like uh, Beerus. Beerus. That's a good name for a cat. How many cats do you have, man? Three cats. Oh, that's that's a lot funny. of cats. That's we are outnumbered. <laughs> it's a number of cats, but I don't know if it's a It's a bushel. <laughs> bushel of cats. I don't think so. I think a bushel is a very specific measurement that is not three. Yeah, I think you. I think it's like a, a volume, right? But which means you could have a bushel full. It of might cats, it actually could be a bushel yeah. of cats. Yeah, it's true. It, I, I mean, okay. Now I'm curious. How big is a bushel? <laughs> it's it's used for dry goods specifically. Is oh, a cat? Dry are your cats goods? wet? <laughs> um, I don't think your cat's wet. A, a measure British, a measure of capacity equal to eight imperial gallons. 9.3 US gallons. I like imperial be, gallons. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to gallons as imperial no, no, gallons. No, no. <laughs> imperial gallons are British gallons. So US gallons are different. Equivalent to 36.4 liters. However, in the US, a bushel is 64 pints, which is 35.2 liters, so a little bit less. A bushel here is slightly smaller. Okay, so the only thing you can do now is liquefy your cats and find out if they fit. Dylan, I'm sorry. Like, it's going to be a bit of a bummer, but <clears throat> it's for science. So 64 pints is <coughs> a bushel. I'm trying to remember that. But you buy apples by bushel. I don't understand. It's very, very confusing. How many pints is a single apple? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to visualize <laughs> a, what a pint looks like. What a pint uh, is. Well, like a pint glass. Like it's a glass four of beer, cups? essentially. Yeah, it's like probably 18 ounces. So four apples is probably a pint? Are they like mushed or is it like a whole apple? 
Because I mean, I'm like, I would say, like, if you, if you had like, you could. Uh, apple is probably a cup. That I'm just, <clears throat> I'm just <clears throat> estimating. Maybe a small apple. I bet you a pint's more like two and a half apples. Like, think about how many, how many apples, even like sliced up, you could fit in a pint glass. Like, it's not more than like maybe two, maybe oh. three. Oh, so this bushel is, oh, a half bushel of fruits and vegetables. Thank you, Brooke. It, they have these baskets that are 12 inches tall by 18 inch diameter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think you could fit three cats in that? <clears throat> Way more. Way more cats. Way more yeah. cats. Yeah. So, not quite a bushel of cats. All right. Good enough.